Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. This is your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, uh, I'm happy to welcome my guest, Mark Slaw. His company, which is a member of NCIA, is called iComply. And, you know, it's it's hilarious, Mark. You are actually down the hallway from me because your office is in the same building <laughs> as NCIA's offices. So it's it's just cute. You're, you're like 15 feet away from me, separated by a couple of walls right now. <laughs> but welcome to the show, Mark. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, Bethany. It's uh, really great to be on, and um, you guys are great little neighbors and friends, so it's uh, it's an awesome 15 feet of separation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So uh, t- tell me more and tell our audience a bit more about your personal history and professional background and what you were doing be- before you became a part of the cannabis industry and movement. Sure. Yeah, you got started back in um, drug policy with students for sensible drug policy here Great in Colorado. Group. Yes, yeah, SSDT awesome. for the win. Definitely. And our chapter down in Colorado Springs was dealing with pretty conservative policies at the University of Colorado. And um, I learned really back then uh, sort of what we're up to as part of the cannabis movement. Um, it being really a larger part of this overall international drug war. And being Latino myself, half Brazilian and an American, I, I kind of saw firsthand uh, the impacts in Rio de Janeiro, where you have literally wars in the streets every day between police and drug dealers uh, in the name of selling marijuana, cocaine, and other uh, illegal substances. And we've learned here in the U.S. that prohibition just didn't work with alcohol. So I, I was pretty passionate about reforming social justice, and that's how I kind of got my start in looking at this space, um, back in college, the laws were coming down out here in Colorado, and I decided to become a caregiver and uh, and dispense my medicine to patients um, and really follow the rules and regulations as they came out. And I saw a great need for this cultural transformation between the underground uh, to this legitimate world, and that's how we started I Comply back in 2011. Wow. So right in college and right out of college, you became a cannabis industry professional, entrepreneur, and have continued ever since. That's fantastic, Mark. Absolutely. And it's been a nonstop roller coaster ever since. For anybody that's been in it any uh, decent amount of time, uh, Colorado was, was an absolute um uh, I think, wonderful miracle that it even came about the way that it did. Uh, because back then, we didn't know anything. Kind of took what we knew in casino regulations and liquor regulations and married them together and came up with the uh, the first set of rules and regs for, for the state. And of course, nobody knew what GMPs or GAPs or uh, or what even compliance was back then when we were still giving, you know, bong hits to our patients on the way out the door. And it's funny because <laughs> it's funny because we still, you know, we still uh, consider ourselves to be living in the future and you see places like California just starting to come online and understand what it really means to comply. 
Oh, that's true. Even though California has had medical and caregiving programs for many, many years, uh, it, it, they are entering a more regulated, more compliant environment going forward since since voting for adult use in their state. That's so true. And I couldn't agree more about how much things have changed, um, especially if you've been involved in the movement or industry for a long time. By contrast, I started in the early 2000s as an activist in Maryland, D.C., which is still struggling and chugging along. Um, So I'm super encouraged by seeing how Colorado, as an example, has gone. Um, So back to you. (laughs) So you launched your company, I Comply, in 2011, uh, which was good timing to get in. Tell me more about iComply and what your company does and what you're up to these days. Definitely. So back then, we kind of saw this major need to get compliant and to help transform the the culture of cannabis business from one that uh, was maybe a little more resistant to regulations to ones that they could really feel empowered by them. And so we try to deliver... um, our services in the most comprehensive fashion possible. We've helped hundreds of clients along the way. Uh, My mission is to really provide the most effective, relevant, meaningful, and comprehensive compliance support to the industry in the interest of continuing excellence, leadership, and integrity, uh, which are fundamental uh, foundations that we need in this industry if we're going to survive Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump and who knows what else that the future might throw at us. And so if you've seen almost every curveball out there and, and certainly have been well-practiced at batting them away, I uh, represented um, even the Amendment 64 campaign in various conservative governments like Colorado Springs and worked at the legislature and sat on many rulemaking groups with the Marijuana Enforcement Division. Uh, and it's been um, interesting to see it evolve and mature here in Colorado, but we still have a long way to go not only here at home, but uh, in a lot of other places. So iComply's mission is to help manage those day-to-day details so that uh, owners and and employees can sleep at night and that Mm -hmm. we can really stand by the integrity of our businesses to really show transparent, clear, unambiguous compliance because we're all kind of federal criminals in this thing, um, you know, tolerated by the federal government. And the only way we're legally allowed to violate federal law is by showing clear and ambiguous compliance with our state laws. Yeah, absolutely. And and with the Cole memo and Ogden memo a few years ago, those set the tone for some level of compliance, even though these are just memos. Uh, it's just a piece of paper. But, but they really did provide a little bit of guidance for us to navigate this state and federal disconnect. Uh, so you're dealing with a lot of details. And I know you do business in more than one state. So the the, the details of those compliance are widely different from state to state. Is that right? Absolutely. And a lot of our clients that have grown with us throughout the years are now using us to help develop that compliance infrastructure into new states. So you're not only dealing with your local regulations and the state law, but now you're trying to operate these businesses across state lines. Uh, we've even been down in Puerto Rico for the last two years doing it in Spanish, in the only uh, sort of regulatory market that's that's uh, free market based in, in, in Espanol. So that's been a, a really interesting journey, just um, helping entirely new cultures and languages understand and, and regulate uh, cannabis in a way that works not only for the regulators and the and the, the country or the, the state, but also for the businesses. Because at the end of the day, we still have to turn a dollar and, and have growth. So it's uh, it's something that we've become a little, I guess, specialty at, and, and we're certainly operating in a very niche area as qualified compliance experts to help uh, businesses across various markets. 
Yeah, absolutely. So how many people are on your team approximately these days? So we have about six employees these days. Um, we have transitioned our business to be very proactive in the way we're doing business with clients. So we only work with people that care about compliance that really um, don't want to react to non-compliance. There's a difference there. Uh, we work with people that want to be able to prove their compliance at any given time and have a strong, robust corporate infrastructure for compliance. So we get proactive about it. We do long-term uh, agreements with our clients and, and manage their compliance over the long run, knowing already what services they're going to need to measure, monitor, and manage that compliance effectively. Great. Do you find that most business owners are really on the up and up about being compliant? They're they really take it seriously or are you having some sort of converse, conversations to get people on the same page? <sighs> That's a really good question. Um, I think most business owners think they're compliant enough and that tends to be the reality of the marketplaces, especially for folks that have a new regulatory agency or maybe the regulatory agency isn't as well trained as they should be. So there's the letter of the code, then there's the reality of enforceability that I think business owners are always judging and then comparing that to their own budgets and their own costs to determine whether or not they think they're compliant enough. So there's a conversation that revolves around a lot of those discussions and really seeing it. But to tell you the truth, I don't think anybody's 100% compliant. It's very difficult to maintain 100% compliance 100% of the time. So the reality is that most people aren't compliant enough, even though they, they probably think they are. Sure. I mean, we should really aim for an A plus rather than a B minus in, in this kind of environment with the cannabis industry. I agree. Yeah. No doubt, especially here in Colorado or Oregon or some other states where you could face fines up to $100,000. Uh, you know, in Puerto Rico, you get one violation that affects public safety, and the rules say you can't renew your license. It's almost an immediate revocation. So depending on your general risk, uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing to know about, especially if you're starting to diversify into new markets that may not have the same enforceability, rules, regulations, or interpretations as where your home base uh, business might be. Wow, that's pretty strict rules there. It's like one and done. You're out. You have to really be on the up and up 100% of the time. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to take a quick commercial break, uh, but we'll be back to talk more with Mark Slaw of I Comply because compliance is the name of the game and there is so much to talk about. So please stay tuned to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we will be right back after this commercial. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world, 
and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's StrainWise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Boober Way. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we are back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. If you're just tuning in, this is your host, Bethany Moore, and I work with NCIA, the National Cannabis Industry Association. We're talking with Mark Slaw and his company, which is a member of NCIA, iComply. So back to compliance, Mark. It is, it's the topic of the day. It's the name of the game. You work in several states, as we mentioned earlier, helping companies as well as governments um, either develop their compliance rules and standards or maybe even enhance them where they needed to improve. Uh, can, can we go a little bit more deeper into what it's like working with governments? Are they are they actually listening to our recommendations and reasoning? Yeah, I think they are. Uh, they really need to know what's happening at the front lines of things, and they need to know uh, exactly what this business entails. And if there's a disconnect between your government's understanding of your business, you're in for a world of hurt. And we've seen that in a lot of different states that have sort of fallen on their face or stumbled immediately out of the gate once they tried to regulate the industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of influences can come in. So even before we get to compliance, I tell people we're not in the marijuana business we're actually first and foremost in a political and legal business. That's why it's so important to belong to NCIA at the federal level and certainly very important to belong to at least an industry association at your local level because if you're not at the table, you could be on the menu. Secondarily, it's important to be compliant so that you can legally violate federal law and, and adhere to those standards. So when it comes to, <laughs> to governments... Legally <laughs> violate federal law. I just, had, I just had to pull that one out for a second. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's that's our world, right? We still it have is. Sessions. No, it so is. I, yeah, and, and I mean, Sessions' me letter, I mean, to your point, Sessions' letter just uh, last week that arrived to Hickenlooper and the governor of Washington... Um, you know, both pretty stern warnings that we're not doing good enough job of preventing diversion and asking Colorado, what are you going to do about it? Mm. So I think we're, we're through the compliance woods yet. No, it's a, it's a moving target. Every year you have rulemaking, every year you have legislation by politicians who may or may not know your business. So first and foremost, it's a political and legal business. 
after that, you get to promulgate and help rules. And I think here in Colorado, to answer your question, very, uh, very good about taking in feedback, listening to the industry, and sort of uh, discrediting voices maybe that are very opposed to the industry in a way that isn't rational or sensible. And, and they actually are really good at finding compromise between all of the different parties. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's made Colorado so successful is the amount of collaboration and listening that the government does here. And they meet with industry associations regularly, and they and they take that feedback in from the field, uh, and and they implement it. The metric user group here in Colorado has been a big effort uh, to simplify the seed to sale tracking system and to really work with operators to get them what they need. Now, having said that, uh, other states I think are are a mixed bag, and every time I go to work with a new government, whether it's even a, tri- a tribal uh, government or if it's, for example, the government of Puerto Rico that I worked with for about a year. You really have to get in there and, and instead of saying, look, this is what's going to work because we're from Colorado and you need to do this, this, and this, you really have to understand what it is they're up against because uh, the compliance objectives and the policy objectives of governments are oftentimes very different than those of business. And not that they can't find common ground, but just really they, they have to comply with those federal standards, otherwise they get intervened on. They have to have uh, certain budgetary considerations that set licensing fees and the amount of competitors. And maybe their policy objectives are different in uh, Florida than they are in Puerto Rico, even though they're really close by. So it's interesting to work with governments, but I think once you get in their world and you understand what it is they want to accomplish under any given administration, then you can start to open up the conversation to see what points of policy and regulation will best achieve those objectives. And when you have a good leadership that wants to accomplish those things, uh, it certainly does help facilitate the process to getting a regulatory model that hopefully works for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and to your point, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, it, it's it's come to light that he is working off of incorrect statistics, data, and information about the cannabis industry. So right there is is an obvious place where we need to provide education. We need to educate the attorney general on on what the reality of cannabis statistics are. And, And at the smaller level, I'm sure you do a lot of educating of these regulators as well. Yes, a bunch of education. So it all started in Puerto Rico with their government, with educating them just on on the compliance, the comprehensive compliance course that we've been offering here in Colorado since 2012, and just teaching them uh, all the nuances of the rules and regs and what it takes for businesses to comply with them. I think even just understanding that world in a simple manner is, is really helpful for governments because they oftentimes don't know what cannabis is, how it's grown, uh, how you even create clones, or how the vegetative and flowering cycle work, the equipment involved, um, the maintenance of that equipment, the cleanliness standards, there's so much to learn. And I think a really big important part of that is is really getting these politicians to overcome their own stigma about marijuana, because you mm-hmm. mentioned the word and it, and it strikes uh, a judgment in someone one way or the other, and to get them over to a facility to really tour it, to see it firsthand, and to, to understand it as, as sort of you know, stepping stone number one. Uh, otherwise, all they're going to hear from is, is like Jeff Sessions. I guarantee you he's never walked into a, an operating facility that maybe he wasn't trying to shut down uh, to see what it's really like to run a cannabis business. And um, those kinds of folks are, are going to be blind to uh, just blatantly interests uh, that are out there that have a vested interest in maintaining prohibition. And the biggest ones are, are police as- associations, pharmaceutical companies, alcohol industries. And there's 
they have very, very powerful lobbyists. So I respect the work that NCIA is up against because you're continually trying to re-educate new staff members and new politicians in D.C. and these other states on what cannabis really is, what is really the cannabis industry, apart from very well-paid, well-connected lobbyists uh, that are, are in the opposite direction and really want to pr- stop our industry and maintain prohibition. Yeah, and they have a lot more lobbyists than we do at this time, but we grow. Uh, and Absolutely. you know, I th- I think I think these regulators must be kind of impressed at how sophisticated some of these facilities are once they walk inside. Have Have you ever been on one of those where they're just like, "Wow, I had no idea." Of course, I mean, I like to conduct those tours, and and I know the the folks that are compliant. <laughs> yeah. And set the the high standards in the industry, so it's great to be able to to call one of our clients and say, "Hey, you know, we've got this regulator in from this country or this state, uh, and they'd really like to see what a, a good operation looks like." And and there's a, certainly a point of pride when you sit when you sit there and watch the wow factor come across someone's face who's seeing it for the first time, and and it clicks, and they get it. Um, so it's pretty amazing, yeah. and there's nothing like uh, like actual experience to draw from that uh, that teaches people best. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a minute or two before we take our next commercial break, but I wanted to get uh, your insight on what some of those most common compliance uh, whoopsies, snafus, mistakes that you've come across with companies that were seeking to enhance their compliance, was there ever something really absolutely ridiculous and maybe funny that you came across? Oh my God, I've got so many stories. So <laughs> we've seen um, bad interpretation by regulators, which can can really cause a lot of headache. But most of the time, it's, it's just a, a, a bad interpretation within the organization. And mm-hmm. I think the number one sort of vulnerability companies open themselves up to is not having strong compliance training programs. It, Corporate compliance training is normal in any regulated industry, and yet in our industry, you might get an employee handbook and your uh, bud tender, your trimmer, uh, your grower, your manufacturer, your extractor may never read the rules and regulations. In fact, most of the time, they don't. And if they do, it's written in legalese for attorneys by attorneys. Mm -hmm. So the thing that gets people most is they, they don't know what they don't know. And yeah. every time they take a compliance course, they they understand way more than when they went in, and light bulbs click across the entire organization. But I've seen uh, the med come in and ask to to be signed into the visitor log by employees, and they do so, and on the way out the door, you know, slap the company with a twelve thousand dollar fine for not checking the med officer's ID uh, when they sign the visitor log. Mm. I've seen the med come in while we were in training and uh, shut down a, a business because they added two flower rooms and didn't fill out a uh, change of modification of premises form that, that indicated they were adding those rooms, which is a low-level infraction, but they held on to 20 pounds of product because it was a low priority for 11 months. Mm. Uh, so this, this very small fine ended up costing this business hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost uh, patients and missing product and empty shelves. So it, it it really can be all over the place. And then, of course, we've seen the, the blatant extreme uh, stuff out there, too, um, such as consumption on site, which is illegal here in Colorado, or other issues like people selling black market cannabis. Mm. So, you know, they're going to see a spectrum of different issues. But I think the, the most common things these days are in any state with a seed to sale system, you're having your metrics tracked and they're getting more sophisticated identifying through algorithms when people are uh, are off on their daily inventory tracking requirements. There's just a lot of places that you could slip up, and it's it's important to proactively manage those areas of compliance. Got it. So something like a 30-second to one-minute 
clerical administrative task, if you don't do it, could cost you many, many zeros in fines. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Just cool. makes a lot more sense to put a penny on the dollar to protect the dollar um, than it does to, to leave that dollar at risk. Very well said. All right, well, we need to take one more commercial break, and then we will come back and talk more with Mark Slaw, a little bit more about his involvement in the National Cannabis Industry Association. So don't go away. We will be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business, and training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. This is your host, Bethany Moore, and we're wrapping up a conversation here with Mark Slaw of the company I Comply. Uh, so, Mark, let's get a little nostalgic. You have been an NCIA member forever. Um, I see you at the Colorado Cannabis Caucus events that NCIA hosts all the time. And as we said before, uh, you're literally right down the hall in this building in Capitol Hill of Denver, where our offices are. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we even go back to the old uh, marijuana mansion just down the street on Grant Street. When we both moved to, uh, to Denver and opened offices up here. Yeah, definitely. Just two blocks down the street, we tenderly referred to it as the marijuana mansion and and then the the cannabis cottage behind it shared with Vicente Cedarbridge Law Offices. How the times have changed. I mean, back when I started, we were a staff of five people and yeah. we were sharing our offices there too. And then we, we just couldn't stay away. So we're neighbors again. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is. I think it's a good, a good partnership. You guys are great neighbors. 
Awesome. So we'll we'll be having our next um, Colorado Cannabis Caucus events in October. So I hope to see you there. Um, what is your favorite part about being an NCIA member, and what's your favorite way to be involved? Well, yeah, Aaron has some really great beer selections, so that's usually... <laughs> you like those IPAs? All right. I, I love the NCIA beer policy. It's pretty good. Um, no, but and seriously speaking, what I love is is that anywhere I go and do business with uh, anybody across the entire nation, there's going to be an NCIA member event sometime within 30 to 60 days. It's incredible the amount of events that you hold every year for people to come together to find like-minded individuals that give a, a, a hoot about this industry, that care about its success, and that are willing to put forward the effort, energy, um, time, and, and money to make it happen. We're all in this thing together, and, and I love that sense of camaraderie uh, and, and association that you really get out of NCIA no matter where you are. Absolutely. And um, were you, you were at our event most recently in Oakland, um, the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, right? Pretty sure I saw you there among the 5,000 people. Um, this year I did wasn't able to make it. I was down in Puerto Rico making sure that the legislation got passed down there with uh, key pillars of of the viability of the industry protected. So I wasn't able to make it this year. That's um, but right. I did make that's it. right. I did make it to your quarterly caucus, um, definitely made it to lobby days in D.C., which was great. Um, and, of course, uh, looking forward to the CCIA conference at the end of September. Great. Wasn't lobby days amazing? We had over 250 cannabis professionals on Capitol Hill. Yeah, it was awesome to get into those offices and have the power that we did to really talk to these guys about uh, reform, serious reform. And now with Booker's amendment to end federal prohibition. I mean, there's some some major stuff happening, and I think every year you guys keep passing up and putting up a record number of bills. So even though they may not get passed, the conversation is more alive now than ever before. That's true. We are seeing a lot of bills. We had a we had a pretty productive year uh, with quite a few pieces of legislation being introduced on both the House and Senate side, and bipartisan, I might add. It is yep. an exciting time, even though. With the new administration, there are new concerns. Uh, but members of Congress seem to be coming through for us in a lot of ways. Uh, we we have more and more champions on both sides of the aisles all the time. And it's, it's because not only of the work our lobbyists do, which you mentioned earlier in D.C. every day knocking on those doors, but the Lobby Days events where you, the business owners, are going to talk to those offices and tell them your stories, especially somebody like you that works in compliance, I'm sure that's really reassuring for them as well as educational. Uh, so thank you as a member of NCIA for being, being responsible and for promoting the legitimacy of our industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, it started that way. I'll never stop. That's a good way to be. Um, so before we wrap up, we have just a minute or two left. Um, I know we started the show with you talking about a really great student-run organization, student-based organization called Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Uh, and the executive director of SSDP used to also work at NCIA before she moved into that role. Um, so Betty Aldworth is running this amazing nationwide and I think now international 
college academic based organization. Um, so you were heavily involved and I just want to give a second to shout out to SSDP and give some love before we wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. And also this year, um, I think Drug Policy Alliance is holding their international drug conference, uh, drug policy, somewhere that SSDP will be. And, and I'm going to certainly try to make it out to Atlanta, Georgia later this year as well. So for those folks in the cannabis industry that haven't quite made the crossover yet to the broader um movement of drug policy reform, which has been going on for quite some time. Uh, it's just amazing through MAPS, through DPA, through MPP. There are a lot of other great organizations out there. Uh, there's a lot of really good work going on, and, and the conference is probably one of the most inspiring events uh, that you can go to, to to just feel that movement alive and well. Um, awesome. So yeah, that's, that's a great shout out to put out there as well. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mark. Um, and thanks again for your support and work. Um, I'll see you at the next NCIA event. Sounds good. See you later, Bethany. All right. Thanks for joining us on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.